0: I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase that tough times don't last but tough people do. Eh, it might be a good saying, might try to help you get out of the deep blue funk that you might be in, but it's not biblical because sometimes tough times do last. You know I always think, tell that to the Apostle Paul, tell that to the Apostle Peter. Peter crucified upside down on a cross. Paul lost his head for the sake of the gospel. So when we have tough times, tough times that may not see an end, it is then that we can experience the greatest joy as we learn to depend upon the presence of God always. My name is Trey Rhodes and I'm the Connections Pastor here at Northwood Baptist Church. Great to have you along on our audio study guide, the pastor's sermon series. And what we do is we take the pastor's sermon and we ask questions. We do a little review so that we can get an idea, remember what we were talking about. And then we teach that to our small group that we call Life Connection Group. We do that on Sunday mornings at 8, 15, 9, 30, and 11. Uh, If you are in a small group and would like some materials, you're welcome to use these. As a matter of fact, if you'll send me your name at trey T-R-E-Y at NorthwoodBaptist.com. I will put you on a list and you'll get these materials every single week and you can use them in your small group wherever you are, even around the world. We, we would love to let you use these and help influence. And also, you can go to Pastor Tommy's sermon and listen to that and review that way and just listen to the message and get an idea of what we're talking about so that you t- too can answer the questions, especially in these Psalms. We've had some tough times uh, going through that. We continue to do well on our, in our small group uh, for our Life Connection Groups. Thank you so much, Life Connection Group leaders and co-leaders and uh, people that have been helping to substitute and people that have been taking on classes as vacations have come up and actually some sickness has too. So we've had to do a few things, but thank you for doing that. And God continues to bless and honor that as we continue to pe- see people joining our, our Life Connection Groups. So as matter, matter of fact, this next week we should add another seven to our Life Connection Groups. Uh, several different Life Connection groups across the board. So, my point is is that keep on working, keep on inviting, keep on asking people to come be a part as we learn the Word of God together. It is such an, It can make such an impact on, on them. Let me remind you that the reason that we do this, uh, we are doing the Pastor Sermon Series because everyone can study during the sermon. They don't have to go home and study. They can actually take their notes, take notes while Pastor Tommy's preaching, and even review them before the... Uh, Sunday morning, uh, the next Sunday morning, and then that's what you're going to talk about the next week. So that works wonderfully well for new people coming in especially. They don't have to be a part of a group or part of the clique. They only have to have listened to the message last week. So they might be a week behind. Most people do come to church first, then come to Life Connection Group. Occasionally that, that does change. But anyway, today we're in Psalm chapter 42 and 43, and so I hope you'll get your Bibles and turn there as we do that. Pastor Tommy opened with the Ice cream truck not being allowed in Colorado, if you remember. And, and finally, a city councilman bought his first ice cream in 65 years. And, and what was sad, that these kids never got to eat ice cream out of an ice cream truck, is great now. And, and you think, well, you know, every sad story has a happy ending. As we started in the intro, the bottom line is, is no, it doesn't always work that way. Uh, the Psalms are sad Psalms. They, these, uh, Psalm 42 and 43, they, they really have no happy ending. Uh, sometimes in our lives, things stay sad. You never get an answer to the illness. You never get an answer to the relationship being broken. You never get an answer. It, you never. Get, it never gets better, right? Well, these psalms are sad psalms. So uh, what what happens? This is what happens when you do not see a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, so we can walk in faith even when it seems like the sadness is going to come to no end. It can even be as what uh, I think it's verse 7 or 8, talks about depression. Uh, it says, I, verse 6, excuse me, I am deeply depressed. So even into this idea of depression, and in that, in depression, in sadness, there is hope. So there's two ways that we can walk by faith, even when in seasons of sadness. We're going to talk about those in a minute. Uh, here, here's a review real quick. And by the way, I'm sending you the Psalms. Uh, every single week, uh, the psalm, I can't remember what it's called, but the psalm exercise or the psalm review, if you remember, a psalm quick reference. There you go. I just looked at it. It's a psalm quick reference. So you can use that every week. You don't have to look it up every week. It's going to be there with your with your materials so that you can go back and look. But anyway, getting back to this, uh, psalms are in five books and represents the first five books of the Torah. And in book one, we find out that God saves his king, and that's what we've been in. Now we're in book two. And what has happened is we have a change. All the first uh, first chapters of Psalms were written by David. Now we have a a different authors. In particular, we have the sons of Korah in book two, and we find out that not not that just God saves His king, but that God saves His people through His king. A little different in it. So in the book of Psalms, you find uh, the superscriptions over and over again. You'll find them at the very top of the. It'll, uh, the top of the psalm, and it'll help you understand what this psalm is about, the historical context, or why it was written, and those kind of things. Well, in this one, it says a for from the sons of Korah. So that means it wasn't written by David, but the sons of Korah. We don't know what a mascal is, uh, but we do know who the sons of Korah were. They were ordained by God, served in the temple. They were musicians. Uh, they weren't priests. They weren't in the priestly line, but they got to lead worship. They were Levites, and they got to lead worship in the temple. Uh, Now, this also may have been written when David fled Jerusalem. So as David flees, this particular son of Korah who wrote this, um, very possibly fled with David. And we hear him in this psalm longing or lamenting for Jerusalem that is now behind him, not knowing if he'll ever see it again. And he says these words in verse 1, words that you're familiar with, as the deer pants for the water or flowing streams. So I long for you, O God. Um, so that's what he did. He longed for what he no longer had. He he had he in the past he had gathered in the place where the people of God gathered. And in his sadness, what he simply wants to do is to be in the presence of God. There's something about knowing that God is present. I want to be with the people of God. And you know, we the presence of God is always in us. But and for this son of Korah. The presence of God was wrapped up in the tabernacle. So as believers, we have the Holy Spirit of God living in us. But I want you to know that the separation from the people of God happened to us. When we experienced that in the very beginning days of COVID, when we were separate, we didn't come to church. We only went online. And then finally, we went to the parking lot. So we experienced that during COVID as we were separated. Um, When we walk out of the church, you know, finally, when we got back together, even though it was... Uh, separated out and we were spaced out a little bit I remember I remember that day and it was good to be with the people of God to see them face to face not shut up in their cars but to see them why? it's edifying now in verse 6 we have these words I'm deeply depressed now why is that? Um, well David <laughs> asked the question why 10 different times in these two chapters excuse me son of Korah asked the question why in chapters 42 and 43 10 different times God gives no answer kind of reminds us of Job, you know, uh, uh, remember him and his friends sitting around they were trying to figure out the answer to the problems that Job was having. And uh, God then does answer. And his answer to Job is, where were you when I formed the, were, the world or whatever it was? Uh, here's the deal. God is working in, 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 in so many different ways. Ways that we can't even imagine. You know, we say thousands and millions and billions or whatever, but it's really infinite ways. God is at work. God is always at work. Jesus said, my Father is always at work. And so our God owes us no answer to the question of why. We might think he does, and when we get to heaven, oh, when I get to heaven, I'm going to find out about the answers from God. You might not. You see, the the bottom line is, is we don't get to get an answer even when we stand in the presence of God. But what we are gonna say is thank you for being faithful over the years to me and my family. We're not gonna ask why. We're just gonna be thankful. All right, so let's talk about uh, some of the things that we, uh, the, the two uh, different uh, concepts that we're gonna to cover today. And the first one is this, be honest with yourself when you find yourself in despair. What he's saying is it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to not be okay. Remember what Jesus was called? A man of sorrows, a man acquainted with grief. Remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount? Blessed are those that mourn. Seasons of sadness teach us and remind us that something is not right in the world. We live in a broken world. It happened in Genesis chapter two or chapter three in the fall, the fall of man and the world broke forever. What does this do for us? It creates a longing for a different kind of life. So it's, it's okay not to be okay. It's also not okay to stay in your hopelessness. You know, you, you know, we say, well, I'm not okay, but you can't stay there. And uh, Charles Stanley once said that, you know, I have to give myself about 24 hours. Sometimes you, but you need to kind of set a a goal that in 24 hours, I'm gonna be over this, all right? So what we are given as Christians is we are given this gift, and it's called H-O-P-E, hope. One day, God is going to make everything right. Even in the season of sadness, you're going to have joy. You see, whatever you are facing, whatever people in your life connection group are facing today, this is not the way it ends. Whatever the struggle is, maybe it's financial, maybe it's relationship, maybe it's... uh, uh, other, other sickness or sadness or or depression or or just you know those things. One day it will end. God's hope for you is sweetness of that He always makes it all right. Remember the story He told about the difference between tofu and that giant chocolate chip cookie and the joy of having that giant chocolate chip cookie after having tofu. Uh, listen, I tried that tofu and it was nasty. <laughs> it was nasty, and I also had a giant chocolate chip cookie as big as my head. Um, so what I'm trying to get at is that, folks, we got that giant chocolate chip cookie waiting on us. Remind your Life Connection group of that. It's not about what we're going through now, it's about what we have waiting for us. All right, so be honest with yourself when you find yourself in despair. Second, accept your present reality with, with your eyes set on your future hope. Now, David is always away from everything, is away from everything that he loved and knew. If what we said is true, that he is fleeing Jerusalem, he 's away from all that, and so when that happens, we can embrace all the wrong things we we try to embrace what what we would consider sources of comfort that are not what we need they're 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 uh, not sufficient for for us because God is the only one that we find that sufficiency in it's not going to be finances it 's not going to be uh, getting uh doctor visits it's not going to be getting uh, more money. It's not going to be getting more friends. It's not, going to, it's not going to be any of those things. Our comfort is going to be found in Christ. So here's three commitments we can make when we're in despair. And that's number one, I will not embrace insufficient sources of comfort. I will still praise Him over and over, even in the season of despair. So what do we do when we're in the sadness? We run to God. And when we run to God, and we look to God, and we focus on God, it might not change our sadness, but it will change our perspective. So the things that we once looked at one way, we will look at a totally different way. We see life from God's perspective then. And the only source of comfort is God himself. So I will not embrace insufficient source of comfort. Second second bullet point, I will focus on gospel hope. More than I listen to the platitudes of man. Now I know, you know, that's, this is the part where Tommy started talking about, and y'all remember the story, suck it up buttercup, uh, just cheer up, or uh, it'll get better, or as I said earlier in the, you know, tough times don't last, tough, pe- uh, tough people do. People have these platitudes, and you know, that we think, oh, yeah, that's, that's what it's about. Here's what we need to do. If we're going to focus on gospel hope, we've got to turn off the voices of others and turn on the voice of God. Do you think it's by accident that we always talk about getting in the Word? Do you think it's by accident we always talk about preaching the gospel to ourselves? Do you think it's by accident that we we talk about having a relationship with godly people that can focus us in on God and that we can be accountable to? That's so we can turn on the voice of God, put ourselves back to God, and point them back to God. Remind your Life Connection group, when the tough times come, don't sit at home and sulk. When the tough times come, come be with God's people. Tell your LCG they need to, when the tough times come, they need to be there. Oh, I had such a tough week, I just couldn't think about coming to church. What? That's when you need to be in church. Third bullet point, I will not waste the weight. Now, this might be my place for a while, you know, where you are, whatever you're going through. But even in there, you have the assurance that God is going to make it right. So you don't waste the weight. While you're waiting, and we've had this happen in our church, be involved in the life of the church. Wherever you are, wherever God has placed you, be involved in the life of the church. My daughter right now is in uh, Wake Forest, North Carolina. Now, Wake Forest is not her favorite place. She's there because her husband's in seminary. So what did she do? She went headlong into the local church there. Their their church, Faith Baptist Church, right in Youngsville, right right just a mile or two away from them. Immersed in it. You're still gifted by God. You still can read the word. You still can share the gospel. There are still people that are lost and dying in their sin. Just because you're sad doesn't mean that, you know, people don't need Jesus. Don't choose, some choose to say, woe is me, but when we do that, we need to get away from that mess. a limit on that and lift your eyes up to the king of kings. Right? All right. Um, So while you wait on the season of sadness to pass, bring glory to God. Remember in Babylon, God told the people of Israel to live their life, build houses, get a job, do well. Even in the season of 70, 70 years without without being in the the presence of God. And God said, hey, it's time to get to it wherever you are. So, don't waste the wait because if Christ is in you, you can live for his glory. Remember, there is coming a king that will, will live with you forever. This one who's come from the lineage of David is coming back for you. That's the promise of God. He's coming back. And it may be today. It may be today. Psalm chapter 6 verse 2 reminds us, I have installed my king in Zion. You see, David might have been thrown out of Jerusalem, but God knew exactly what he was doing. He was bringing him back one day. And let me remind you, Jesus Christ also in your life knows exactly what he's doing. All righty, let's jump into the questions. The, quest, the, the first four are really good. Um, uh, certainly talk about sadness. Number two, when, when's the last time you had a season of sadness? Uh, those are good things. People can say why. Well, it was really sad when. And, you know, I remember it wasn't long ago, when I say long ago, several years ago, I just looked at Kelly, my wife, and I said, I'm just sad. I'm just sad. So we all go through those things, Right. And I know that everybody thinks of me being outgoing, exciting, vivacious, and passionate about all these things, and I am. But even us folk, we sometimes get in sadness. Okay, so that goes to number four, and you're welcome to go to some of these others if you can get them talking. But number four is one another one. How can the church, and you need to listen to this as a Connection group leader, how can the church better help those who are struggling with grief or going through seasons of sadness? You see, we are good. Northwood is good at the initial... Um, situation let's say somebody loses their spouse or a child or uh, somebody uh, finds out they have cancer or uh, somebody is in goes to the nursing home to be you know all those things but we've got to continue that on how do we how do we continue that on all right so talk about that and get your gets get the heartbeat of your people and kind of feel feel where they are so that you can uh, do what you need to do to help them get through the tough times and Maybe one day help you get through the tough times of life, okay? All right, let's examine the text. Now, as we've studied the Psalms so far, what have you seen about how the authors deal with their emotions? Um, Don't they always point back to God? They always go to God. They always get in His presence. They always talk to Him. They always focus on Him. They always worship Him. And that's really what the book of Psalms is about. So why is the book of Psalms helpful when it comes to thinking through our own emotions? Well, because when, remember we talked about the purpose of emotions? When we go through these things, we go back to God and we focus on Him and we get God's perspective. All right, Psalm 42, 1 through 3, I'm going to read those. As a deer longs for flowing streams, so I long for you, God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. Remember, they were kicked out of Jerusalem. While all day long people say to me, where is your God? He certainly wasn't with them. They were gone. So, why is a psalmist so desperate for God? Remember, we talked about sons of Korah. This, might, this was probably one that left with David. So the presence of God was gone. The people of God were gone. They were going to be on their own. Desperate. If God was not going to be with them, he didn't know if he could take it. How does the imagery of these verses help you understand the psalmist's Desperation. If you go back to the deer and the panting of water, the deer as he's been running away from the hunter as as such, you know, the, to be able to get into the flowing stream and to drink that cool, fresh water, and then the the comparison of that as we thirst for God in the midst of that, and it's truly in the tough times that those times of thirsting for God that we get in His presence and that we experience Him in, in a very very strong way. So, how can you cultivate desperation for God in your own life? Well, when you go through the struggles, turn to God, not away from God. We talked about that. All right, uh, Psalm 42 and 43, go ahead. And if you haven't read through them uh, before, you need to go ahead and read through them now. We're not going to do that to, uh, right now. It's not very long, though. It's 11 chapters, 11 verses in Psalm 42 and what is it, Psalm uh, 5. So total of 16 verses. So go ahead and read those through. How many times has a Psalm, psalmist asked a question? And Tommy talked about it. But he did. You can go ahead and write this on your paper ten times. How does God answer that question? <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. How does God answer us when we ask why? He doesn't. He. We are under no obligation to find out why. What we are under obligation to do is to give thanks to Him. All right. Now go to Psalm forty-two, verse four. So let's let's do read that. We already read verses one through three. It says, "I remember this as I pour out my heart. How I walk with many." leading the festive procession to the house of God with joyful and thankful shouts. So again, he's thinking back to what it was, right? So let's remember that. Now, why does the psalmist long for corporate worship? Well, they're not together anymore. They've been forced out of Jerusalem. They've been forced away from the tabernacle or the, uh, the, the, the Holy of Holies, uh, the tabernacle at that time, by, uh, which contained the Holy of Holies. So how does corporate worship help us when we go through seasons of sadness? It is that time together where we encourage each other and see each other and we know we're with God together through this thing. We need each other. I saw an interesting meme and it said, uh, this is a meme that shows you what it's like to, to pull away from the, from the people of God when you're going through the struggle. And it had a bunch of zebras on the one side of the river all standing together and it had one zebra that had broken away and a lioness coming after that zebra all by itself. And I can tell you that zebra was going to go down. Folks, we need each other. You need to stress that to your life connection group. Number five, notice how many times that the psalmist says that he will hope again or praise again. What is the hope that we have when we go through the seasons of sadness? We have the hope that one day God will make it all right. That one day he's coming and he will make it right. We know that. Read the book of Revelation. Read Revelation 21 and 22 if you want to. So why can we praise God in seasons of sadness? Because we know God can handle it. We know that God is able and does and is right now handling it. He is working, as we talked about, in infinite number of ways, not in ways that we can even see or even if we could comprehend. So how does praising God help us overcome our sadness? It points us into the presence of God and it gives his perspective. It's all about perspective. Number six. This psalm does not have a happy ending. We don't have a happy ending. you don't get it in the, the psalm and say, oh, okay, there it is. You know, everything went great. And, you know, it's a, so it does, no happy ending here. So we don't know the outcome of the psalmist's season of despair. So what does this psalm teach us about walking by faith even when there's not an end in sight to our season of sadness? And we talked about walking in faith. We've got to walk in faith. We've got to believe that God has got it together that God is at work as we said a minute ago in in, in an infinite amount of ways that we can never ever see, he's got it right. Remember, we we also talked about the sweet gift of hope and knowing that God is going to make it right, one day gives us joy. So when they slap us in the face in in an emotional way or whatever it is, whatever you're going through, and you have a smile on your face, because you know God's going to make it right. matter in fact, Romans chapter thirteen talks a little bit about that. It says, "Don't you know we are not to bring vengeance; we let God do that, because God takes care of it. You know that's God. God will take care of it. Leave room for the vengeance of God, and God will take care of it." Um, number seven: uh, How does this psalm point us to the gospel of Jesus? Well, it's uh, knowing that this king has been installed, that now that the king is installed, he is ruling and reigning, and he is making all things right. That's what Jesus started when he died on the cross and give us eternal life, Live the life that we could not live, uh, died the death that we deserved, and then rose again on the third day to be our Lord and Savior. That's how we share the gospel. All right, apply the truth. Based on what you studied in the psalm, what can you do when you find yourself in a season of sadness? So let him talk about that. So if these things are the case, maybe maybe they were wasting the wait when they were waiting on God to work. They just were angry or bitter or whatever, and they said, you know, I need to, whatever it is, I need to quit doing that. I need to, or, or maybe they were relying on somebody patting them on the back and saying tough times don't last, but tough people do, and you're thinking I'm about to go under. Or, you know, suck it up buttercup or just cheer up or whatever it is. Not relying on men, but relying on this relationship with God and the gospel hope. All right, uh, so let's read uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. So let's go to those real quick, and if you need to turn there, uh, I will give you a chance, but to go ahead and turn, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. I'm going to read those for us. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are afflicted, it's for your comfort and salvation. If we're comforted, it's for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. And our hope, there's that word, for you is firm, because we know that you share in the suffering so that you will also share and the comfort. Um, How does this passage help you understand how God wants to care for you in seasons of sadness? He's going to use you in the lives of other people. He's going to give you comfort when you're going through the struggle. He's going to be there for you. He's going to give you that hope that he is going to make it right. And he's going to allow us to share in the, that he will share in our sufferings. And for the reason that he can also then be able to share in our comfort. Beautiful verse. Uh, Bring that home to your life connection group. Number three, your situation in life might not change if your season of life doesn't change. How can you wait well on the Lord that may have caused you to be in despair? Now they're going to have to kind of come up with that, but the wait on the Lord is, uh, I think that is bullet point number three under point number two. So I will not waste the wait. Um, You know, this idea of woe is me and all those things waiting on sadness, to, and while we're waiting on the sadness path, bringing glory to God and, talk, and the idea of Babylon, wherever God has placed you, you know, if wherever God has placed you, get involved in the Lord's work, get involved in the Lord's church and do that work. Number four, how can you do a better job of ministering to people who find themselves in despair? That goes back to the question we talked about number four, how can the church better help those who are struggling? So when they're going through that, uh, how can I do a better job? And now we've heard other people saying, so this is now saying, okay, this is what I can do to help people in the struggle. All right, what's one thing I can do to do that? All right, so uh, how are we going to respond to Psalm 42, verse, uh, uh, chapter 42 and 43? And then how will Psalm 42 and 43 inform the way that you pray this week? All right, everybody, well, it's been good, and I hope that we're going to help a lot of people get through their sadness And we have people in our church that are sad, and there are some people that are living the victorious life, not because the situation's change, but because they learn to focus on God. So encourage that person and discourage people from trying to focus on themselves and the platitudes of men and trying to do, you know, wallow or waller, is that the word? Is that a word? Anyway, waller in their sadness. They want to go back to God and they want to find God and get his perspective and do His work with people that are dying and need Jesus. All right, I'm going to pray for you as uh, we let Psalm 43 guide us in in our prayer and then we will go. Father, thank you so much for the presence of God that is with us. Lord, we've all been in those times of great sadness even, even to the point of depression if not depression because we have been taken away from whatever it is that we're going through it's gone we'll never get it back so Lord that means that in that time we've got to focus on you because all we really need is you all those in our life connection group all that they need is you they need to get your perspective, they need to get you in their life they need to experience your presence so Lord I pray that you would do that even now in this week Help us to help those who are hurting, too. With that comfort that you've given us, may we help comfort others. Use us for your glory this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Great work. Get out there. Get it done. Let people know that there's hope in sadness.